Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All conversations and information exchanged during participation in this podcast or interaction on the doctor.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Foy and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gather around the iPad for another episode of This Life with Dr. Drew and Bob. Here we are. That's it. That's, That's it. it. Well, it, that was it. That's the old time featuring, radio. Featuring. And now a guest, the the giant, the genius, icon. the icon, Michael DeBars. And I mean, this is going to be a great show because for 35 years. 45. But I've only known you 35. <laughs> That's all that counts, I miss. I missed the first 10, Michael. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Michael DeVars. Yes. Thanks for being here. Hi, everybody. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you both. I, I, I don't know what to, your, your bio is so huge. It's I don't know ginormous. Where to, yeah, I know. Well, let's just hit the things Everything that always come to mind. Everything about me is huge, darling. <laughs> <laughs> well, about, should, should we mention this? How about, well, sure. yeah. yeah, Living in the USA. Yeah. It's my last single. I did it last year. I saw the video of it. There's yeah, a video. Yeah, it's good, right? It's, it's good. good. It's really it's good. good. I mean, I don't know. Like you were saying earlier about, you know, you have a responsibility to people. I have a responsibility to people, too, on a rock and roll level. There's no good singing about, you know, something that, that's so desperately wrong with me. And I, I, you know, and I loved you. I loved her so much. Yeah, loss I, and love. You know, fuck off. <laughs> I, the, the, the key to me is, is giving it away, giving it away, give it away now. You know, the best song they ever wrote. Yeah. Yeah, chili sure. peppers, you know, but mm-hmm. but that's what I believe in, and that's what this is about. Living in this USA, can I pray to who I want to pray? Can I stay where I want to stay? You know, can I say? You know, I mean, it, it's it's about inclusion and the, the dreadful division from this freak. Here's here's a great way to summarize uh, Michael's uh, performing career: is 150 hours of American television, 40 feature films. Yeah, yeah. And well, crazy. and that doesn't even touch on the Ashton Kutcher commercial that yeah. ran no. for five years, right? Yeah. Seven million albums. <laughs> I, Seven million. I, I bought two houses after How about, that commercial. Oh, did you, I bet. <laughs> yeah, Live Aid, 
Live Aid, you, didn't yeah. you play Live yes, Aid? Yes, I did. Yeah, I, I saw did. it. 1985 with the Power Station, which is insane because Robert Palmer was a singer, and a week before he, uh, he quit, you know, right? he quit, he quit. And they, I don't, you're going to play Live Aid, and the singer quit. The singer quit. Is <laughs> that, that was a good band meeting. But you know what? But you know what? That's so him, though. You know, it's like the heroics of like I don't need publicity. I don't want that. I don't want to be a star. I don't. Well, all is of that. his role model because you know everybody too, and you have insight about him. I've always thought his role model is Brian Ferry. Who Brian Ferry? Well, sartorially, kinda... but Marvin Gaye musically. Oh, I mean, well, that's is, a you know, stretch. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, anybody compared to Marvin Gaye, especially his father, um, you know, is a problem. But uh, you know, yeah. But I mean, it was a few days before the gig, and uh, and I, I was asked to do it. You know, I was in Texas with Don Johnson. He was making a movie. And uh, and I got a call saying, do you want to come and do this and replace this guy on tour for six months? I said, yes, of course I do. Yeah. And, and it was, the first it was gig is live aid. Yeah. Yeah. You're tied up in your wire, Bob. 1.9 billion people. <laughs> first gig he played with the band. Good evening. <laughs> How are you? I'm on considerable amounts of Valium right now. <laughs> No, that's not true. I was sober as a judge. I was sober. When, when did you get sober? What 81, you? June 19th. 81. It's a long sobriety. Yeah. So, and there's a, we, the, what links us is Jonesy and Steve and me. First, Steve trying to get sober, and I was trying to get sober, so we would be together, and I would drop, he was living at your house, and I would drop him off, because I still had an automobile. Sex, <laughs> sex Mr. Steve Jones we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so you lived on Gardner just below Santa Monica, right. and, and I would drive him home and drop him off, and he would just walk into your... Well, he adores you, yeah. Yeah, I love um, Jones. Yeah. I, I see him every day. You're, we haven't discussed you, I don't well, think. Well, he was my... You know, he does Jonesy's here's, jukebox here's the thing. I went show. to rehab too soon is what I figure, Michael. Yeah, that's you know, I it was the, It was the pushing of people into rehab that well, Bob Timmons Bob Timmons was trying oh, to get everybody Timmons. into rehab you know but that's the problem that they, they've got this sort of excited mission <laughs> which is absolutely you know you go okay because you can't say no to somebody who's that yeah, committed to it but you're not committed to it you know I mean but dig this you did that wonderful service. You picked him up. You dropped him off. I, however, got him drugs. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, think he about was it. Sick. I'm sober. We're in New York, and he's runner of the gear. And I go to Alphabet City and get the gear and come back and give it to him in the hotel room we're sharing. And I'm two years sober. Right. So think about that. I mean, that is something you don't hear very often. You know? Yeah, no. I say, but I totally understand life. that. Yeah. But what are you going to do? He's going to die. Right. Or he's going to jump out the window. and the get, But, you know, it was such a, a tricky thing for me early on in sobriety because we're playing that night. And there's, you know, there's 20 people involved. And he can't, you know. He can't play. He can't do it, man, you know. so Well, it, in a weird way, let me, let me interpret it this way. Yeah. Heroin maintenance different than any other kind of maintenance. That's what therapy. I say, yeah. but yeah, it's criminal. It's a criminality. The cost, the you know, you never the know what's going. The, on. the pharmacology is a little screwed up. It makes you crazy. But but if you're going to be on some kind of maintenance, eh. yeah, but yeah. It, yeah. But I mean, the, the most important thing is he's sober as a judge. He's an right. amazing so human being. So he gets sober. So they force not force me. They they you know because. Because Anthony got sober, then him and Timmons were on a mission to save everybody, right? And I don't know what whether Bob had alternative motives for that oh, mission. Oh, you think? 
What, what, what were they? The Jim Jones of AA. <laughs> he wanted oh. to be a cult leader, yeah, and he yeah. had all of us. Somehow he. Well, he made a difference. He did. He yeah. did help. Yeah, a he lot. really helped. So did Jim Jones for two years. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's on this mission, and I'm first up because I'm Anthony's best friend. So I'm like, okay, I'll go. I didn't even know I had a problem, Michael. You didn't. <laughs> I think you should go back on the drugs right <laughs> no, now. But this is in 87. Yeah, this is years ago. I mean, it's all changed. I, I just had this thought about, when you know, talking to you too and knowing that I was going to talk to you too. And I thought, um, Alcoholics Anonymous. Anonymous. What does that word really mean? It means it's a secret. It means it's the 50s. It means that you secret. had to maintain yeah. your anonymity yeah. and sh- because of the shame. Yeah. And I thought, this is so ironic. Now, Alcoholics Anonymous is a career move. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. In those days, it was, oh, God, you, uh, you know, you can't tell your wife, your kids, your, yeah. your, your boss. Your, your, it's anonymous. And I thought, how incredibly complex the word is anonymous and how ironic that notion is is that alcoholics had to be anonymous well i'll be devil's advocate now i obviously we broke our anonymity we sat down as a staff and read the 11th tradition because me shelly louisha drew didn't want it we really wanted to know what we were getting into going on television saying we're sober this is a treatment center how do we do it and when we read the 11th tradition out loud amongst ourselves that world doesn't exist no. anymore. Right. No, it doesn't. It and, does and, not. And remember, it, no. was, it was Bill W.'s wife pushing that. Yeah. Remember? There's the movie, Bill W.'s wife. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I don't know who would play her. Elizabeth Moss, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe junkie. I believe it already exists, Michael. I think there's one of Judy about... Davis plays Are her. you serious? Yeah. Yeah, Wait, who Davis. played uh, your man? Uh, James, the great James Woods. Uh, Woods. Oh, wow. There's a handsome and fellow. And Robert Mitch. There's no, a not, political James, genius. James Garner plays Dr. Bob. No, I You've played never... Dr. Bob, dude. Come on. <laughs> you would be Dr. Bob. I did the miniseries. <laughs> <laughs> we all had to be under five foot. It's interesting. It's the Hobbit's version of uh, the big... Anyway. Yeah, right. But no, I understand the 11th tradition. But I, I just think that the whole notion of it, the anonymity is so interesting because now you're on the cover of People magazine. You know, if, you, right. if, if you've had 10 days sober, I'm free. I know. I well, mean, I love these people. But photos of these guys in the gym now, with Ben Affleck or somebody yeah, working gyms. out real hard. Or Starbucks. Gym or, or, or Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks is perfect. <laughs> Coming out with the Starbucks cup. I'm sober. The Starbucks. I'm sober. Eleven days. You know, and yeah. then the next inquirer. You know, there he is in the street. Oh, you, you know, with two. Got like, a DUI. Or there's a D- TMZ. You know, right. clip of him falling out of a bar, making yeah. a movie in Louisiana. Yeah, and this is uh, it's good news, bad news. Good yeah. news but is, but Michael is. You know, they say Iggy Pop's the grandfather of punk rock. You are the grandfather of sober musicians. Yeah. No the Godfather. Question. Well, I certainly was eighty-one. You know, I mean, so, what made you stop? Stop. Uh, oh, vanity. <laughs> no, no, no. I absolutely looked in the mirror. I looked like Iggy Pop's mom, and I said, "Look, <laughs> wait a minute. Hold it. Hold it. You know, where's my fucking cheekbones? This is a nightmare." You know, there's a, there's a lot of people get sober by seeing themselves in the mirror. That's yeah. it, man. They, they see themselves lot. as they are. It's narcissus in a way. Yeah. But um, with better clothes. Where were you in London or here in LA? Uh, I was in Los Angeles. Um, I was, you know, me and Miss P were married, and and uh, and I had just reached the nadir of it all, and and the booze really, the yeah, booze, booze. More than everybody does coke, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was the alcohol that really brought me to my knees, as it were, and and just physically how I felt and looked. I mean, when I say vanity, 
I'm not kidding. No, I, know. I mean, I looked at him, I th- uh, this puffy, you know, guy I used trust, to. Trust me, you know. in Detective. He had a band called Detective. Yeah. And that was at a time of, of what's it called? Se- sexual fluidity. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And uh, there, was, yeah. there was like Michael DeBarth, like, if I was going to be gay, I, I, I I'd might love do him. that. I, I've had sex with Michael. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a line of t shirts with that. <laughs> Just in case you Still guys out there want to, yeah, ready to go. Yeah, I was always ready to go. But, but the alcohol made me not ready to go, and and I had this androgyny thing, and I, you know, because we all did in the sixties. Joe Bryeth, you, yeah, Bowie, Bowie. You know, Mark. Mark really, I think, was. The but he was. First. He still seemed masculine within the. Glam thing. Well, if you can, but like you seemed more feminine. I like. was, I was totally feminine. I was raised in boarding schools from eight to sixteen. You know, um, I, I never knew my mother and father. I stayed there in the schools, and it was that sort of, you know, that strange homoerotica that the British aristocratic, yeah. you know, upper mm-hmm. school boarding mm-hmm. schools have. Buying into which one? That, which school you at? Repton in, in Derbyshire um, and Claremont to Preparatory School in Sussex, and that was eight years of my life. But then I did. Then I did To Serve With Love as soon as I got out. So I was thrown into show business from this sort of fey, cruel world into the most beautiful girls you've ever seen in tights doing a ballet class, you know, yeah. in drama school. And then a couple of months in drama school, I was into To Serve With Love, you know, and, and that was that. To oh. Serve With Love. Right. I want to go back to the seeing yourself in the mirror thing. The, the one thing that um, I've noticed talking to people have these moments of change around seeing themselves – the feeling they usually have that motivates them is disgust. Did yeah. You have, did you have disgust? Oh, complete and utter disgust, yeah. which is a completely new experience. You for see me. yourself and you're disgusted. It's like, well, I got to change this. Well, well, that's, right. well that's exactly is, right. I mean, exactly disgust right. Disgust is very motivating. But the moment, that moment was immediate. It wasn't yeah. a slow disgust. Yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. It's, it was it's literally, bang. people will describe it when I talk because I always ask people about it. They almost say it takes their breath away. Like, oh right. my god, exactly. I'm disgusting. Right. We got to change this. And then we and I did, and I had Danny Goldberg. I don't know yep. if you guys know Danny yeah, Goldberg. Yeah, Danny just wrote a beautiful book on Kurt. You know uh, who he managed, Kurt Cobain. It's a definitive book. Managed on, me too, uh, if that matters. Yeah, no, it, it certainly does, Bob. You're one of the most talented musicians <laughs> oh, of the god. era. You know, hey, we love it's Danny. It's just you got to change the hat. But, <laughs> but the vibe about um, that was immediate, like you said, a very young, beautiful. And then I started to look like sort of Oscar Wilde. Roadie, you know, and, and uh, alcohol does bloat the face. Yeah, bloat. I hate that word. <laughs> Ask anybody what my least favorite word it, it bloat. is: bloat. <laughs> you know, and a lot of women that I've known have used the word. Oh, uh, I'm just so bloated. Uh, I go, please, please don't mention don't use that, that word. fucking word ever, please. You know, but so, so, but it was that, and then boom, and then Fishkin, Paul Fishkin, the great Paul Fishkin, who he and Danny, you know, uh, Stevie Nicks got Stevie Nicks a record deal because Warner Brothers didn't sign Fleetwood Mac members to solo gigs. Oh wow! Right, so Dan, Danny and, and isn't that interesting? That's interesting. Right, so Danny and Paul go, Stevie, you want a record deal? Yes, they formed a record company and sold six million records yes. immediately. Stand back, stand right. back. <laughs> <laughs> Your impression is too good. Let's talk about music for a second because I went to Stagecoach last night. I don't know when this will air. It's uh, these music celebrations. You've played a lot of them. Yeah, and. Leonard Skinner was playing. I love Leonard Skinner. You probably played. Did you ever tour with Leonard oh, Skinner? Yeah. Oh God! You know, can you imagine? Those, <laughs> it was sick. You know, because these are all tough guys. Yeah, these are all fucking cowboys. Yeah, but they're you're begging me for like dope. you know dope. <laughs> so I knew I, this. It, yeah. Drew, are you listening? Yes. yes. So 
three, of, three of the Skinner guys are heroin addicts. They have songs about being heroin addicts at each other within the band. Yeah. There's one song called Ooh That Smell where Ronnie Van Zant, the singer, is saying to Alan Collins, you got the smell of death around you. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now that's a rock and roll band. <laughs> Right, so they came to you yeah. to look for well, where's, the, yeah. where's the hookup? Yeah, because we had it all. Yeah, we had it because we're so cute <laughs> that it, it brought out certainly, shall we say, a paternalistic feel in most dealers. <laughs> Our fan base were heroin dealers. <laughs> That's go. it, heroin coke dealers. That was the fan base. But Leonard Skinner, incredible. I got so many stories about playing down south dressed in a yellow jumpsuit. <laughs> In 72, in Mobile, 72 Alabama. 72 with Leonard Skinner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, silver, you know, platform boots. And, and they all look like, you know, Wild Bill Hickok. And, and uh, you know, and it was a, but it, it was that wonderful dichotomy between, like, rebelliousness. Right. You know, that was British rebellion on a sort of a, you know, a burlesque level. And they were rebelling like Billy the Kid rebelled. You right. know, Billy the Kid, rock and roll star, you know. What, was, what, what do you remember? So you've toured with everybody. Zeppelin. Yeah. The, uh, so, it, when you're a heroin addict touring, a lot of people ask me these questions. It's the same as if you're a homeless person, heroin addict. You got to get dope, and you might not know somebody in that town. Jimmy Page, I don't know if you were there, you weren't opening, but it was Judas Priest and Hart and Zeppelin at Oakland Coliseum. It was so obvious. I was only 16 years old. It was so obvious that something is terribly wrong with Jimmy Page. Yeah, but Dick, <laughs> uh, let me just answer very quickly uh, that question, which is, no, you're not homeless. You've got 20 people doing exactly what you want. Yeah, but trying to find seven. dope for they you. They find it. Are you kidding? It didn't look like they find it, found it that well, one day. <laughs> you know, there's always one day. One day Even at a time. Even for Keith Richards and Jimmy Page, there's that one no, day. Yeah, there is. And that's a very interesting thing that you bring up, seeing an icon who's incapable of playing. You know, that's uh, that's very rare. Incapable of standing. He sat in a chair. But dig this. Ooh. Okay, so the forum, they do seven nights. I'm there every night. I was on the label. They were very close. Jimmy Page, Miss Pamela. You know, it was a very sort of, um, what's the word, incestuous uh, yes. uh, uh, vibe. But it was seven nights. During the day, he was absolutely out of it. Uh, unconscious, really, and then the minute they brought him on the, the into the wings of the forum, because that's but case, he was twenty five then. He could do it then. You could do it. You could do you it could when do you're twenty five. <laughs> that's a great title. We should write that song immediately. Do it. We you could do, do it when you're twenty five. Yeah. I could play dope sick when I was twenty five. Yeah, but he got up there and played for three hours and then collapsed, just <laughs> just like a Nazi into somebody's arms. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, Motley Crue documentary that's up on Netflix gets it's not a documentary. I mean, I mean, I don't uh, like it because I, I, it doesn't look like the guys. Have you seen no, it? It's a narrative. Yeah, yeah, narrative. But but it gets into this topic. Yeah, uh, it does. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it, it, to me, that was like Pee Wee's Players, really. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> That's not the rock and roll Michael was a part of. That's no. like a fake L.A. version of rock and roll. You know, the, roll. I think that it's some... I, I, I try to, you know, people say, what do you think of The Dirt? What do you think of Almost Famous? And you know, a lot of people are very sort of about Almost Famous. Dreadful, well, there's, dreadful a, there's a Michael DeBar's feeling about Almost Famous. There's something... But there's no dirt under the fingernails. There's no stained sheets. There's no, no, there's no rock and roll. That's not rock and roll. That's like Peter, Paul, and Mary's life story. It's nothing to do with it. <laughs> I was Mary. I played the role. It's great. <laughs> I mean, it's silly, you know. It's it's not. It's I think it's nobody's it's Cameron fault. Crow's idealized version. You got to understand, he's obviously a groupie. That's why he became a journalist yeah, to hang brilliant. out with people like you. you no, know, but you know what? The movie though was uh, um, not a success. 
And is that right? No, it was what, a financial you, disaster. Were you and Pamela still married then? Oh, yeah. Okay, so well, the Cameron girl was in all over Miss Pamela. The girl that. in Almost Famous is Miss Pamela. Kate Hudson lived with Miss Pamela for three months. Mm. To be her. Mm. And right? coincidentally, Goldie Horn lived with Miss Pamela when she did the Banger Sisters with Susan Sarandon. Playing oh old God. groupies. So dig that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all in the family, baby, isn't it? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Unbelievable. So I went and see Skinner, and there's. Only one original member, but it actually sounds better than the Skinnerd I saw with all the originals. It always does. It really does. It does. Because it's like a 25 year old bass player who could play the shit out of that. Yeah. And, and poor, you know, and the other uh, Leon, Leon, yeah. old Leon, he's, uh, he had a little trouble but with all, some of that. You know, in those days, it was your friends. You know, you didn't yeah. pick the right musician. You, <laughs> you know, you just picked somebody you went to school with. <laughs> you know your, neighbor, your neighbor. Right, and you have to have a great songwriter. Here's the story of Leonard Skinner. They all went to the same high school, and the P.E. teacher told them they were all losers and going to end up in prison. So they his named name. Their, his name was Leonard Skinner. Yeah, oh, my God. That's gosh. exactly right. <laughs> How great is exactly, that? Uh, yeah. So... So where are you at now? What do you, you go out and see bands still? No, uh, no not really. I mean, I, I rehearse a lot because I've got this new band called The Mistakes. Oh, wow. Which is the greatest rock and roll band name ever. There's no question <laughs> about that. <laughs> As you full well know. It's one that was, wasn't taken well, uh, after all these no, decades. I, I think it was. <laughs> oh I, yeah, but I don't care. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, it's uh, so yeah. I go see people play, you know, but very, very rarely. There's Bob. a young gal named Billie Eilish. Have you heard of her? Of course, I've heard of Billie she Eilish. Is, she is 17 years old. The best is, writer we've I ever had. I saw her two nights in a row. Yeah, I've seen her three times. The only feeling I've had about a musician is when Kurt finally came into his own and had made Nevermind and played Rogies. And Sinead O'Connor, when she made that, that's how good this girl is. Amy Winehouse, all the examples you use don't end well. Well, Of this kind of explosive talent and fame Mm -hmm. at the same time, Uh I think her parents should be very conscious of that. Super, super conscious. Amy was evoked Billie Holiday. Uh, there is parts it, it, of Billie Holiday and Billie Eilish as Billie crazy Eilish, as that sounds. I, no, it's not to me. Billie, and I've studied this. You know, I have this show on Sirius XM volume yeah. with Lindsay Parker also, as well as my own radio show on Little Stevens Underground Garage. And we we did a whole thing on Billie last week, and I really got into it. And I couldn't agree with you she more. She's as important she, she an artist since Kurt. She is the one you're going to be th- talking about 10 years from now. And the question is, what are we going to be talking about? You know, Not guitars. Can, can she survive? Can she survive? Because I remember Kurt being in the middle of that storm. There is really nothing you can do about it. It's a it's a life of its own. Well, you were probably involved in his recovery to a degree. As Tried to didn't uh, go uh, so well. Didn't go so well. <laughs> no, me and Steve went to see him, and um, it was not fruitful. Right? But Danny was the one that actually pushed me in to. I'm to, sure with Paul Fishkin, his partner. So you know, and I've always stayed very close with him. But, but that was after the storm. That was like two, three years after, where he was he was suffering the concussions and damage to his psyche that was caused in 92. Well, you know, it's all about the fame aspects of it. It's always about that. It's always about the fame aspects. And he, he came face to face with the fact that he toppled Michael Jackson. He was bigger it, than Michael Jackson. Yeah, that's right. At, and, at and the time when Michael was at his was peak. as big as it could be. And yeah. the, the suicide note says, I am not Freddie Mercury. 
I don't like the smell mean? of the grease paint and Freddy the roar of the crowd. Like, yeah, I don't loved want the roar of the fucking crowd. Did Freddie love being famous? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, for those of you at home, Michael just gave a look that was like, are you and stupid? Of, of course. <laughs> so tell me if Freddie Mercury, Mercury. <laughs> so what did, you think, what did you think of the movie? I wept for the last half an hour. You did? I did, yeah, because I did Live Aid and I, for one reason. And the other reason is, is that he sold me snakeskin boots. He uh-huh. did? Yeah. In Kensington Market. You know about Kensington? Yeah. You must. Yeah. It was in those days, early 70s, 71, 70, and he was, um, you know, selling clothes because he was so stylish himself, you know, and he had these boots, these snakeskin boots, and I and he and he sold me them. And we we remained, you know, in contact through wow. through all, everything up to Berlin, you know, really, you right. know, until the, he just decided to absolutely go leather, you know, village people. Wait, when, I'm, a little, I'm a little confused. He, he's, he's, he was a retail before salesman Queen. for you. It was right when how Queen. Did you, no, no, I get it, but how did you did you start talking about music? I mean, everybody what did you, knew each other. But well, why yeah. did you stay in contact? with Well, them? because it's such a small community, sort of. You know, um, see, music uh, is now so big. Yeah. It used to just be a hundred people. Yeah, no, there yeah. were gypsies. Gypsies. <laughs> it was a little tribe. He's yeah. absolutely right. But it, the tribalism was built around androgyny and built around Nijinsky and all of the images of sort of... And rebelling, white, you know. rebelling well, against Jerry uh, Garcia, too. Uh, uh, the solos were irrelevant. And beards and hair. Beards, and... astonishingly uncool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> astonishingly uncool. And, and, you know, high heels and, and sort of that whole thing. But it wasn't gay. Not that not, not, you know once had experiences on all levels, but 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 the gayness of it is wasn't it? It was this sort of this incredible for me anyway. It was a way of expressing and causing riots wherever you went. That's what I wanted yeah. to do. Trouble. I just wanted to cause trouble. And and why? I, why? I, what happened? Because what? I just I was so angry. Why? At the complacency and the, uh, or was it being so buttoned down with, the, buttoned with down, the schools? With yes, the, with the, yes, yeah. the uniformity and the this fake what, what's Christianity. Your eth- what's your ethnicity? My ethnicity is Martian. No, no, but are you are you Welsh? <laughs> no, no, I I'm a Francais Michel Debar, mon père Francais. So your father's French. Eight hundred year old title. Yeah. Marquis. But Norman, Norman French, probably. It would huh? be it would be Norman French. Yeah. What happened was sixteenth century. So it's the English French. It's the Huguenots, if you're yeah. aware of history. Yeah, yeah, sure. In the fifteenth century, the Huguenots were kicked out of France and my you family came to was, England. And you came to England, Ireland, Nova Scotia, all of the you know. And, so And your mom? And my mother was a prostitute singer, jazz singer. So, <laughs> oh my so God. I have the blood of a stripper and yeah. the crown of an aristocrat. Okay. There you so, go. That's I, perfect. Oh, but what is her ethnicity? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, French. she was a witch. He's French with yeah. an English accent. But what you were trying to do was to be the opposite of what you were brought up on. I'm just so curious the history you came out of. That's why I'm asking those well, questions. Well, the history I came out of was incredible. Uh, it, when, you know, in my earlier years, my father had an awful lot of money and, and we lived that lifestyle with his fourth wife. Actually, they mm. weren't married. They didn't get married till I was 30. I got a telegram from my father at the time saying, you're not a bastard. But that's another story. <laughs> I said, yes, I am, motherfucker, and hung up. <laughs> But, you know, it, so therefore I went from that that luxurious lifestyle into the cruel, wicked, masturbatory, uh, hypocritical world of British boarding schools. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I came out of that 16 and went absolutely apeshit. So and, what year uh, do you get out of boarding school? Because this is similar. I'm having a flashback. You just told 64. Joe Strummer's life story. Yeah, his, Did well, you he go to boarding more, school with it, him? It, 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 no. I, this, is the, this was the elitist thing. He his went to a middle class. His dad was a Turkish... 
ambassador for yeah, England. Yeah, and we he had was born in we, Turkey. We had presidents of Liberia. You know, I mean, <laughs> okay, it was okay. so. So there, Joe. So there's degrees Although, of elite boarding oh, oh, school. Oh, there are so degrees of elite. But the effects are probably the same, though. Yes. You know, well, I mean, the outcome is the same yeah. too. You know, he his brother he, killed he, himself. I'm hip. And uh, but he did. Joe, people kill themselves at your boarding school. Um. I killed a couple of people at boarding school. But did people get so depressed there, and or it was it was oppressive. It wasn't deep. I've never really been a depressive. Um, in that case, I read everything, Bob. I read, That's read everything, right? That's why I had this real academia and I had this literary background because so I read see that. Then they would say, "Well, see, it worked out. He ended up reading books." Well, of course, yeah. they would. But but what's fascinating <laughs> to me is that it, it spilled over to this continent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, what, I what does this continent know about that? Well, Nothing. I just wanted to walk where Elvis walked mm. and um, where Muddy Waters walked and Little Richard. I was obsessed, you know, with the blues. I'm sure yeah. same route, you know. And I wanted to be in – I wanted Coca-Cola. And, that, and the irony of my relationship with Miss Pamela was, you know, I did this movie in New York. Keith Moon was meant to do it, but he threw himself out of a window. They thought, who else is, have we got? Oh, Michael Debar, okay. And that's where I met Miss Pamela. I'd been married to somebody else for three weeks. Oh, and boy. I saw her, and she looked like Betty Grable, and she looked over her shoulder in a little flimsy yeah, yeah, little bathing yeah, yeah. suit, and I went, oh, my God, I'm going to marry America. Mm. I'm going to marry America. Let me tell you an interesting thing. So rebellion, if you go if you go in the history of rebellion in America, you have the beats. Stop. Right? I'm going to ask you to stop for one second okay. and give us history after this break. Well, CBDs are everywhere, right? Everyone's talking about them, and it's a topic that I get asked about all the time. Bottom line on CBD, although there are way more claims made about them, the clinical evidence right now, it's not all that clear, but many people are using it and reporting great results, and they are very encouraging. So I want to first define exactly what I'm talking about here. CBD is cannabidiol, an extract from hemp. Well, you might associate with marijuana, CBD does not cause reinforcement. It is not the reinforcing component of hemp, but it is what's responsible for the calming or some of the relaxing effects that many people experience, not the high. Now about the products. There are a ton of them on the market today. For getting the vast array of the reported health benefits, it's important to be aware of what you're buying. I was recently introduced to a company called Select CBD, an Oregon-based company that focuses on high-quality ingredients and manufacturing standards, not the hype. Their CBD-based products are available in a wide range of formulations and flavors, each of which is described to you so you can make an informed decision without all those promises that are probably too good to be true. Like I said, the reported benefits of CBD by individuals using this are very compelling. I'm excited to see how things develop as the science catches up with this booming industry. As usual, the public is ahead of the science. I can't make explicit claims yet, but boy, the reports are pretty encouraging. So if you're ready to try CBD, I encourage you to check out Select CBD. To learn more, go to drdrew.com slash select. That's on my site, drdrew.com slash S-E-L-E-C-T. And for a limited time, you can save 25% at checkout with the code drdrew, D-R-D-R-E-W. Again, drdrew.com slash select, and then the code D-R-D-R-E-W. We are back, Bob. History of Rebellion okay, Well, just the history of rebellion and rock and roll. And rock and roll is well, rebellion. It's a musical expression of rebellion. But That's when, when it was the Beats, though, it was writers. It was really it was, the writers. Poets, the, yeah. It was, it was it poets until, and authors and the Beats. Yeah. And so, well, Kerouac, the, set, Kerouac set the stage. Yeah. Uh, well, and Alan Ginsberg. How set the stage. And and on the road set the stage, you know, yeah. and then it was Lawrence Ferlinghetti and Gregory Corso and all of the other writers. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't, you know, I got into that later. I got into James Dean's face. Yeah, James Dean's because smirk, James his De- smirk. 
And his, yeah, and his terror and his passion. What about Marlon Brando saying, Brando what are you rebelling thing? against? And he what says, what do you got? <laughs> so there's a certain part of the population that's going to take that and make it into art is Three what chords. I think. I think that somehow they it morphs into art. Well, yeah, at the, alongside the eroticism of African-American Slavery music called the blues. Yeah. So you had all of these these incredible, so you know, Howling Wolf and and Muddy Waters. It's all sex, all of it. Right? Rock and roll is not a synonym for meditation. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not. I mean, you it's know, not soothing it's, you. It's not so, a soothing yeah. vibe. No. So you know, you combine that with Marlon Brando's insouciance and arrogance, and you and you shove Jim, James Dean in there, who gave a vocabulary to you know there were kids, there were adults, and Jimmy was. Was, spoke for the teenagers. He gave them a voice. Right. That's why James Dean's so important. And I always u- use the color up and the cigarette as the the vision of Miles Davis. You know, right. blue, cool. Then I realized that 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 image, and I say it every day on the radio, more or less, my show is turn the color down, throw the cigarettes away. You know, there's a different cool. Yeah, there's a different cool. Uh, what, yes. do you, what do you call it now? I call it being of service to every single mm-hmm. person you meet. That's cool. Which is what we started with talking about our responsibility to the community. Yeah, this measles thing. Go out and get vaccinated and don't give it to anybody else. Period. That's it. That's cool. Right, but we're supposed to respect all opinions, Michael. Well, this is the point. Yeah. We've gone too far. <laughs> you know I, mean? I got a we've lot gone, of I got a lot of anti-vaccine friends. But we've gone way but, too far, and this is going to be bad, Bob. This, this is going to be bad. no. It's coming. I know. It's yeah, be, I I got, get, you should get revaccinated. But, but here's hey hey yeah. We're gonna have a little. We talk got about we got revaccinated. We got revaccinated last week. You need you may need to get revaccinated. But you if got, my kids are vaccinated, then I'm. Protected? No, in your home. No, you you've got to be protected. All you, right. yeah. You're going to get a shot. I'm going to. We'll go together. Okay, we'll go. He we'll pretend to. just like the old days. Oh yeah. yeah. Can they put it right? Shoot straight it in the right vein. In yeah. No, no intermuscular. <laughs> Not you English wimps. <laughs> what is with that? Let's just get into that. So we, you know, Anthony, me, Flea, all the musicians that became, you know, intravenous drug users in a Hollywood. We yeah. were assuming that you guys were mainlining. <clears throat> I don't find out until Keith Richards' book that you're we all intermusculating. Yeah, well, I'm like, what the fuck? No wonder I ended up homeless. Because you, <laughs> you know what? You know what, Bob? It's a classic thing. It's because you wanted to know that they were using syringes because it was part of the romance of it yes. all. And when you find it, they're snorting it and shooting it into into muscle. But, yeah, you know, but into their you, butt. How like... fucking stupid is that? <laughs> <laughs> that your you... idol he, he didn't use a syringe. <laughs> It's a that's, nightmare. I've never listened to a Rolling Stones record again. That's it. <laughs> Out with the I'm image. I'm telling you. So, but but understand that we just did what we thought. I don't even know how I knew to mainline. You know, for the you at home, it's when you go directly to your bloodstream, the and bank. there's this saturation thing that all the English musicians were doing. They never were doing what no, we were they doing. were. They were. There were people that was. You know, well, Sid Barrett I, might have been. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and several others. But the, the thing that uh, you know that I think is important about this discussion is it's, it's all iconic. It's all imagery. It's got nothing Mythology to do almost. with. Once you're hooked, you're hooked. You know, it doesn't matter how you got there. You got there. You idiot. You know, and now you're <laughs> fucked. But in the beginning, it's all sort of rock and roll is wearing the right trousers you just happen to be heroin baby did you, you know, know sid barrett yeah i did know sid barrett i actually was um you know i was in drama school and in 64 so london right in 64 and 65 you go to the ufo club i was at the i was at the gig where um you know sid is this is interesting isn't yeah, it? Yeah. um the the the, the jimmy 
Yeah, Hendrix was there. Yeah. That, that famous gig, and 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 Sid was worshipped. He was the king. He was worshipped because he was so disconnected from everybody else that the more out of it he became, the more sacred he became. Mm. That's a trap. That's why, and it killed him. It did, well, but sure. he didn't die, no, unlike all the other people. Not physically. Not physically. So there's legends about Sid Barrett. I made my I named my daughter after him, and a lot of people are like, "Why'd you do that? That's like a curse." Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? What, what do you so, mean he didn't die? No, he such didn't thing die. As a he curse. was he had mental problems. Went back and lived with his mother. He just kind of well, disappeared. he painted. You know, he painted like a lot of people go to go to art and painting and Van Gogh. So he became psychotic. You know. He became psychotic, and he became. Well, he always realized that the only way he was going to fit into a rock and roll world was to do something so outlandish and and be outlandish and detune his guitar and do things that nobody, you know, it was a lot more than just gone mad, you know. He, he had a, a mission, and the mission was complete rebellion in terms of three chords, blues, music, right? you know. But he also had a band that really, he taught how to play. They loved he, him. He... He created Pink Floyd. He named it. It's supposed to be yes. like a Howlin' Wolf joke, like Howlin' Wolf, Pink Floyd. It's not some trippy, hippie, well-thought-out thing. No, he wait, he loved the blues. Wait, and what was Howlin' Wolf? Had, Howlin' Wolf is a blues musician yeah. Chester from, Burnett, six was, foot four. And what was Pink Floyd in relation to Howlin' Wolf? Because they, they were making up this character. He made up this character like like in a, in a satire-ish, Englishy way. You know, Pink Floyd being like the the name Howlin' Wolf. I see. It just it was just he's a blues player. Yeah, like Pink Floyd. David okay. Bowie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. David Jones. Yeah, Not yeah, catchy. Yeah. And there's a monkey. Okay, what do I do? And and so so he and he has these friends from art school and and he teaches them how to play. Well, Roger Waters for sure. Well, they were all. Do you know the other thing about that which we touched on earlier is the uh, is the upper class. Uh, oh, they were in boarding yeah, school like in Oxford, too. Oxford, right? Yeah, Oxford universities and all of those very well-educated boys. That's where a lot of the rock and roll guys from that invented rock and roll well, come from. And probably these rock. elite backgrounds. Yes, not to point at you, Michael. No, well, no, you no, do no. come from elite. Background. No, he's. I am that. wearing black suede high heel boots. <laughs> no, no, no. It was it was very elitist, and, but but also you had gypsies like Roddy Wood, who didn't even live on land until he became a rock and roll musician. Lived and in a Steve boat. and Jonesy, and then he couldn't read or write until me. Miss Pamela, you know, right? But wow. so it's all. So it was a combination of street criminals and elite boarding school well, it, people. They wow. meet at the club and they change the world. <laughs> yeah, and they shoot dope. Some of them. Well, no, most... but it is an amazing thing. But it's all got one thing in common, and that's fuck you. Well, that, what, what do you think about what's happening in music now? Um, I'd be curious, both you guys. I mean, because it's it, it it was the art form that communicated very. For fifty years. Well, you know, in in my show, I play Marvin Gaye and the Drifters and Motown and Howlin' Wolf and, right. and all of the authentic bands that play, you know for the Funk Brothers, the Wrecking Crew, people that made music in a room together. That's my vibe, you know. So, but I I adore the music of today, but it's a different thing. It's like painting in different colors, and also I believe that the music will and humanity will will actually turn into that music. It'll it'll be artificial intelligence. I do believe mm. that. I believe humans will not roam the earth i believe what what the next what's going to happen is we're going to turn into robo- robotics because we'll be so um you well, know try with new knees and new brains and new hearts and pretty soon it'll be robotics that's my idea of the future well this music is i think the opening salvo of that soundtrack to that what's yeah. to come but 
it already is happening because if you look at the average, you know, young person working retail or something, they don't know what the purpose of their job is. They just know to obey the commands of the computer. They don't really have people skills. They don't really know how sales skills or the customers. No all. Here's the thing. It's the, changed from the know. customer's always right to the computer it, to is l- always right. That is right. a brilliant, let, uh, right? Let me, let me exact. Check. That's a brilliant <laughs> expression. To, uh, great, great uh, Use that, Michael. I, I would love for you to use that. Uh, no, I, I probably will. Um, <laughs> it'll be, the, you know, my next book. <laughs> well, you bastard. <laughs> Yeah, you'll sue me. He went a bit too far with yeah, that. Yeah, I, I earned a million dollars and you're still living in uh, Camden Town. Um, no, but the thing is, is that I believe it to be true. I think that uh, something mechanical is going on. Yes, there's no question. And Do then you the feel chi- it, Drew? The chips. I can't. It's too complicated for me. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. And, and it is getting complicated. But in a way, what I'm trying to explain is what I feel about new music. Mm. New music is, is what we're going to become, which is machines, essentially. Because if you listen to it, it's, it is a, you're in a trance. We're certainly going to have a relationship with machines, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. I've had a relationship with her, but we broke up. <laughs> I, it <laughs> just right. didn't work. But here's the thing about Billie Eilish. She plays all of the – and I hate to keep bringing her up. She is she is a genius. Well, the and brother. she is 17 years – he's the songwriter. Well, he but plays. It's a, but yeah, he's the songwriter. Who her is brother, brother is that's another good thing about her. She's got the brother looking out for him. He's older than her. He's already been in the By music a couple business. Of years. But he seems like a calm kind of effect on her. So so she's using all the trapping, social media, hip hop beats, all these things that are, you're talking about is what is now. But she is genuine and authentic. Well, the authenticity. And real. Well, Little Peep was like that. The, the words. Little Peep. Little Peep was. Little using. Peep. Remember when I was talking about Little Peep? Yeah. How much I loved him. Yeah. Well, yeah, Little yeah. Peep. That gym class song is so genius. Great. Little Peep lyrically is this, is probably where Billy. Now remember that Billy Eilish's idol was. Um, Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber. So um, how weird is that? Right. And so then he, he wants to meet her at Coachella, and she literally had a ten-year-old girl meltdown. She couldn't believe. Well, she's and only, he's like yeah. trying to approach her, saying, "I love you," and she's just losing it. You can look at it on YouTube or Instagram or whatever. And but she's a shining light in the future of music. She really There's is. No question. But uh, uh, the rest of it is um, shall we say. Well, th- th- dig this. I interviewed Moby. Recently, and I said, well, what's the difference between 60s rock and roll music and today's music? He said, in the 60s, the musicians were the stars. Today, the audience is the star. Hmm. Wow. That's, I, I kind of like that. And let's I, let's I, I investigate think, what that means. Well, that means that... That means the society it's, it's is a, more narcissistic than rock no, stars. It means, that it's, <laughs> it means you're all in ecstasy and it's a rave. And well, it doesn't matter who's playing it because the DJ, you can't even see the fucking DJ. He's got a right. baseball cap and fireworks behind him. But now the or band, a marshmallow head. Or a marshmallow, marshmallow head. Or head. Daft Punk or a helmet. Yeah. Anonymous. Well, a lot of it, you, well, the example is Coachella, right? Coachella sells out before people know who's playing. Yeah, it's, it's So it brand. is about them and the event yeah. and being there. And what do you see pictures of with all the people in their Selfies their clothing and their and clothing this, yeah. and the free But people. it's beautiful. It's so colorful. I love it. You know, and you can get into a trance. Rock and roll is a trance. But the, the, the problem is, you, you know, being in a trance is uh, difficult. Maybe some people put too much emphasis on rock and roll like you or I. Like the Clash were like gods to me and my teachers. Maybe maybe music's not meant to ha- carry the weight let, of let that. Me, well, let me just say this. It's very simple. <laughs> I, I said, those guys, definitely you know, not. Yeah. <laughs> so let me just say for the record. But Napoleon had a lot of fans. <laughs> 
Right. You know, so it's an it's a it's a period piece. For me, <laughs> yeah, you know. How many Instagram did followers did Napoleon have? Over seven million. <laughs> seven million. Three million oh were prisoners. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> or they were the children of the people he executed. But you know. <laughs> So you know, yeah, clash, yeah, Napoleon, all of these things. But so today, um, it's it's uh, well, Ariane Gradney has like seventy five million. I looked up Jagger; he's got like one point two million. I know, people. and Ariana Grande has seventy five times as much followers. Million. What about Kanye's church service? Did you? I'd see I'd rather it? not talk about that if that's okay. <laughs> Is that wrong? Is that anti-spiritual? Do you know about it? I heard about it. I watched it. No, he's going to be Pope. I heard heard he was running for Pope. I don't know if that's true. (laughs) Did you like it? I think here's what I've heard because everybody I know is dealing with him. The Trump stuff is a hustle and it's a joke and it's for shock value. The Jesus stuff is not. It's Mm. real. Why Why is Jesus so fundamental to the American black experience. That's always puzzled me. Because and as got, an outsider well, looking at it, what do you think of that? I will tell you exactly what it is. It's freedom. It's a liberation from slavery. It's a man who uh, embraced everyone, and everyone was the same. And um, there's a, the, the real truth of the matter is the great beyond. Because it's, the great beyond is the freedom of, of, the, of, of the being bondage liberated of, of the bondage and right, suffering of right. being on a plantation. But also, it's beaten. a little bit like Epictetus, too. It's like, you, you can enslave me, but you can't, you can't enslave my spirit. You can't own my soul. Yeah. Jesus yeah. has my soul, and you but have I've my body. But I've always seen it as the suburban, bratty, white, liberal, entitled, uh, what is it called, that I am? Uh, white, a lot white, of white, uh, privilege, oh, white, white privilege, right? Yeah. I've always thought, like, that's a white person's God. That 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 black I, culture is is taking as its own. No, I always it, associate it, Western Christianity with with. It came from the East. I know, but it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, but America. That's just, but that's the just. <laughs> well, of course not. But that's the justification. You were talking about why do black people, you know, African American people, go to Jesus? Why is that? The did you see Aretha's documentary? Yes. Well, that's the most staggering thing I've ever seen. Have you seen it, Drew? Mm-hmm. But her dad, amazing grace. But her dad was a courageous, freedom-fighting, amazing human being, and so that—that's what her world was. Is that that mid twentieth century American but what black was the experience? Vehicle? What was the but, vehicle? But here's a billionaire from Bel Air doing Sermon on the Mount Kanye, at Coachella. Kanye, <laughs> yes. yeah. But you know, you can't look. Obviously, Kanye is a businessman. What is he going to go for? He's going to go for the stuff that will upset half of the people, and the other half will love him for it. That's called salesmanship. That's he's a salesman. Can you see him being president of the United States? Absolutely not. I, you don't think so? Oh no! You don't I think, think Billie that's Eilish what he ultimately will be president? <laughs> If she survives her fame, the next she'll be two president. Years, she will be president. Vote for Billy. No, but I was joking with some friends. I can see a time in this country if if people don't wake up that someone like Kim and we know this because uh, Andrew Bipart said if America doesn't wake up, he said this in 2010. You're going to end up with someone like Donald Trump for president. That's who, what who, who Andrew that? Breitbart said that. Really? Before and I'm died. saying right now, and he died, yeah. I'm saying right now, if America doesn't wake up, you're going to end up with someone like Kim Kardashian as president of the United States. Uh, it's not a joke. No. I think about that, that, Drew. Yeah, no, no, no. Drew doesn't think it would be a bad thing. <laughs> well, I, I, no, I, no, no, no. I don't think it would be a good thing. But I, I 
I but you can see you. what I'm talking yeah, about, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all about fame for fame's sake. And yeah. what you're saying, 50% of the people like me. I mean, what you just described is Trump's election. As long as I got 41%, I can be president. Is that why she's going to law school? Yes, I think so. Because she wants to run for president? She wants to be president. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, Drew just... <laughs> well, I'll listen to her. Susan, do you have any questions? Drew, listen, do I don't care who's president. You don't? It no. doesn't affect yeah, you that who much. Who wants to be yeah. president? I don't... I, no, I, I... That, but I, I, I really don't care. I'm 71. <laughs> Did so you care I, who was prime minister in 1968? Well, I tried to assassinate all of them. <laughs> <laughs> failed miserably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're too good of a job. Yeah. Susan, do you have any questions for Michael? No, I'm there. enjoying every moment yeah, of it. Yeah, I can mm. tell. It's just rock and but, roll. No, the, I love the, it. I think on a presidential level, when I say that, I, uh, it's so incredibly difficult for me to watch the news because the fever of Don Lemon... Yeah. And and the fever of Sean Hatt. These people have gone mad. Can you imagine dealing with this for the last two years? Every night, all night, debating mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the incredible Aldous Huxley Idiocracy. is a compared to the... I mean, you know, this is absolutely... It's so riddled in hypocrisy and dangerous, you know, non-speak. You know, it's 19... It's, it makes Orwell look oh, like uh, Mr. Fucking Rogers. <laughs> Yeah. That, you know, and you're looking at this situation, and I'm, you're so revolted and disgusted that you go to sleep, like you said, when America wakes up. America will never wake up. You don't think so? N- not unless it's some cataclysmic event like measles. Wow, you're really... So we're going to get vaccinated, you well, and I? Yes. You really think it's going to happen, Yes, too? well, I think it's a plague. I mean, I, 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 Drew... Did, 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 Let's have a little discussion. Let's have right. a discussion like, about we, we the have, measles. So we have, we have typhus coming back this summer. Right. We'll, we, the rats are running our but city. But the typhus isn't from anti-vaccine. No, but hold vaccines. on. So hold on. The typhus is the lack of sanitation. But that's a much population. more complicated issue. People are not getting vaccinated because Jenny right. McCarthy read an article on the internet and allowed a shuckster criminal to exploit people. I don't know how he gained anything, that doctor. Well, how did he gain? Too. Huh? He, was, he had his license taken away. So right. sanitation, is, sanitation is breaking down. Typhus is coming back. The disease that follows typhus is plague. So we'll probably have plague or Arsenia Pastis. We already do. There's reports of plague at County USC Hospital. Beautiful. So Arsenia is here. Fantastic. Thank you for... I, I've been predicting it for a while, so here we are. You don't have a phone news feed on your phone? I haven't seen plague in <laughs> But no, it was about six months ago. I, they, well, it was in they Wyoming. A, oh, okay. A, I, yeah, okay. They, had, they had the feral cats in Wyoming moving across. Uh, and then we have these concentrated environments of people that are mentally and physically sick, and we have inadequate vaccinations of the community. We're going to have outbreaks. Eventually, one of those outbreaks is going to break into the homeless community and just rip through it. Then it's going to be a massive problem. So measles... Because the amount of measles virus in the community... If you if if you walk if if somebody with measles walks through a grocery store and you come and walk through two hours later you will get the measles. Wow! How come it's not spreading? There's only 550 cases so because far. Because they're they're on top of it, and because most people are vaccinated. They just so, closed two. They they in New York City. They just um, what is it called when they hold people quarantine. against their quarantine people? Yeah, UCLA and SC they quarant or uh, Cal State. Yes, UCLA they quarantine. The other people. thing is is the borders. The borders. The borders are an absolute sort of cesspool, Mm -hmm. which will spread all sorts of things that we don't even even know where Well, that's brought tuberculosis up. So that's the other thing that's right. And non-tuberculous AFBs. We're having this massive 
this just a, we're like, being attacked from all different. But this areas. is but this is how biology works. It's it's how this is how, why we've had to do these things for people to live in a city in civilizations. You have to deal. But with... But in a culture of narcissism and the John Lemon thing of question the authority and the government is evil. That's the perfect storm for what's going on. This well, and, anti and, it's anti intellectual, anti reality. Yeah. And yeah. Bob right. anti science. Well, it has anti, a real ne- anti- it has a real neo fascism t- tip to it, it which is keep them sedated, you know. And and now it's gonna keep them sick. So right? we, this could be a bad summer. I mean, this could be really bad. Tuberculosis, typhus, plague, measles. It could be really serious. And for and for out since the middle Ages. Yeah, people have known we needed these things in order to live safely. Rodent control, insect control, vaccinations, proper mental health, proper maintenance of health, proper sanitation, in order for people to live in a concentrated environment. We've decided, oh no, 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 you don't have to worry about any of that anymore. No, well, not us, not in California. We just don't worry about it. And by the way, they don't. They're, Big, they're biggest noble, measles outbreak is in Washington. By the way, they're noble homeless people. Washington has the exact same problem. Yeah. California. These are normal people. Noble. They can live wherever they want. Relax. Just the, stop. Stop. Yeah. Always. Everything. But do, do, do you feel? I have a question for you, Two. Drew, and that is, do you feel though that there's money to be made? In what? Yeah, in, I, I'm in trying pharmacology. To... In terms of getting the you know people with TB, no. measles, oh, no. is there any money in that? Oh no. Well, well, what fueled the anti-vaccination propaganda? Who was making money off that? Because I I am well, a big believer the... in hucksters make money. That's it, their motivation. It, it, it's sort of fame-seeking stuff. Fame-seeking. Yeah. Michael, yeah. all they got to do is put some silver pants on and jump around. What I, are they I've doing? I've been saying this for years. You know, I mean, perhaps I should be president. I mean, I, <laughs> I would much more. I would much welcome that. I want to think. Are about, you an American I, citizen? I, I, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> I would invent a vaccination that would just make you so narcissistic. <laughs> And so incredibly I, I egoistic. I think it's been, distri- it's been distributed already, and, and it's, called, it's called MDB. <laughs> My initials. And I think it should be given to every show. Everybody just has MDB flashing. I think Don Lemon should get it first. <laughs> I mean, you know, I love Don Lemon. God bless him. His Don hair Lemon, changes Lemon a lot. Had its shot. I like, Who did? I like, Don Lemon. He had, had a measles measle? shot? Did he have it? I don't uh, know. He's young enough, probably doesn't need it. Probably doesn't need it. Now, think, speaking of lemons, Robert Plant. The Lemon Song. Do you get the? Do you Did get they the ask you to be the singer of Zeppelin if he was going to you know, quit? How, how can I answer that? I, I, <laughs> you know what I mean. I've been asked to be sing with the fucking you know Peter, every band, Peter, Paul, and Michael. I mean, every, you know, yeah. no, 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 been, you really are the go-to guy. I'm the Mister Replacement. <laughs> I make Paul Westerberg look like you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. So, so was there talk Katie of you Cora. fronting Queen? Was there talk of you fronting Queen? You know. Somebody, somebody <laughs> talked about it. Certainly, yeah, yeah. My dad, you know. No, no, no. The thing is, the NDA world. Have you? Are you in the NDA world? No. What is that? Non-disclosure agreement. Yeah. Non-disclosure you agreement. You can't say anything. You can't say anything. Yeah. So let's. let's I'm working on a, on a game, a video game right now. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm a just thirty foot demon <laughs> hanging from cables in front of a green screen. Wow. <laughs> And it's the one. It's just a video game. I've been doing it a year and a half, really? and I'm there hanging from the fucking cables, and they're off getting a cup of coffee. I'm going, what? Oh, excuse me. Hysterical. I'm up here. I'm hanging. At, yeah, and, <laughs> and you have all cameras all over your face. You know. 
We got to wrap this up. We well, go all day. Michael DeBars for twenty in twenty twenty. I think that's what we've come up with. Yeah, uh, at least twenty twenty four. How old are you again? Seventy one. Hey, he'll be so Biden, even he'll in twenty twenty four, you'll be seventy five. You're right in there with Biden and I'm, Trump. Bye, You're right Biden. in that age. Bye Biden. <laughs> bye bye Biden. <laughs> I'm here, baby. MDB 2024. Yeah, All right. We'll start it here. We're living we're in the USA, <laughs> we're sweetie. <gonna> Kickstarter <laughs> campaign. Get funding. Michael, thanks for coming. Michael is uh, great. He's guys, on MacGyver now. Yes, oh, you're on MacGyver regularly? Yes, I'm on it. Again, I, I did it in the beginning. You were on the first one. He <laughs> yeah. was on the first and one. And they said, bring him back. He's good at killing people. It's fantastic. <laughs> so now I kill people on the, on the reboot, which is not a sentence you say every day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, very blessed and lucky. Infamous and, assassin know. Murdoch. That's right. How, That's right. What is it, let's just say this. What is it like to be so handsome for so many decades that you can play yourself even in the reboot? Masturbation is so much more enjoyable. <laughs> stay, yeah. stay sober. <laughs> stay sober. <laughs> All right, guys. We got to wrap right, it up. Thank you so much. All right, that's about it for this episode of This Life. Thanks for listening and subscribing okay. to your favorite platforms. Rate us five stars and tell a friend. What are we going to be advertising? Yeah, I want you to do what you did news. before. Tell you where you can find all of our health-related content, including the latest in-depth series, The History of Opium. You can now listen to it on the weekly Infusion podcast. We have some great and very interesting and appropriate interviews with key historical players in the history of opium. We're excited about our newest podcast, Dr. Drew After Dark, which has been described as a dark web reboot of Loveline. It's the hottest guest spot for all the most popular comedians. Beware, it is for a mature audience. It is kind of a reboot of Loveline. You can hear the episodes first in a podcast forum Thursday. Then on Friday, you can watch all the video episodes when the YouTube page drops on the Your Mom's House YouTube channel. New episodes every week. Subscribe, tell a friend. Also on Doctor.com, you can find Swole Patrol, our health and fitness podcast with Mike Catherwood. If you want something a bit more refined that will expand your intellectual horizons, please subscribe to the Dr. Drew Podcast, where I feature a wide variety of very interesting and important guests. Get in-depth interviews there. Last but not least, me and Adam, Adam and Dr. Drew Show Podcast. It's a lot of fun, and we are still together, and you can get it five days a week. So go to DrDrew.com, please tell a friend, and we thank you for it. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.